0: Out here in the perimeter, there are no
1: stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate.
0: Hello, and welcome. This is the C86 show. I'm David Eastall. As you know, we love a special guest. This week, it's going to be the turn of the bassist Andy Cousins, one-time member of All About Eve, but also has played with people like The Mission and um, about a million other bands actually so um, this is the interview it's a classic, in my mind anyway, Um, so sit back relax, enjoy it and uh, make some notes because I will test you at the end so after some slightly sort of um, heavy (laughs) editing at the beginning It goes on for about 20 minutes before we even get down to the first bit. Um, Yes, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I did. So anyway, after lots of chat, we got down to that interesting subject that was the early musical influences. And this was Andy's response. Andy, it's over to you.
1: It was like, basically, it was my my elder sister who sadly passed away. Now, you know, she's gone. Uh, That's a different story. Um, and it's not funny, but I'm laughing. But if you don't laugh, you cry. Um, you know, it was like it's stuff like, and I do it all the time with, you know, I don't want to say Alexa because I've got Alexa in every room, but I love listening to like when you've said about sweet. That's very poignant to me because it was Leslie, my sister's, uh, favorite band. But I was listening to like Flintlock um god the you know elo is, right was you know elo was one of my favorites and they were listening to it yesterday um oh god i don't want to say gary glitter because that's not a cool thing no to say, but but you know the glitter band you know awesome. stuff like that so i would So it was like, you know, my former days were sort of like probably like yours, like top of the pops, you know. I ended up on on top of the pops all the time. I were on there all the time. Yes. But but it would, you know, I didn't, you didn't think about it, you know, when you're doing stuff like that. So I would say, you know, my favorite, like um, that guy died, I can't remember his name. Everybody's dying around us. That was, yeah, this, my is, this, is, this is true. <laughs> is, know, is it? Is,
0: is it a recent death?
1: Yeah, it's uh, well. Chris Cornell did me head yeah. in because he chopped him. He hung himself or yeah. something. And I love Pearl Jam and I love like all shit like that, um, you know. But. Um, you know, ELO, like I say, you know, it's a living thing. It's
0: yes. So, was your cause was today. your how old was your sister? Um, you know, how many how many years older was she to you?
1: But she she's she was my elder sister when she died, and she was about thirty.
0: Yeah. No. But how old, how many years older than? than you was she to you you know because I've got an older brother who was seven years older than me so when I was growing up he was kind of a very he was my role model I suppose and he he had all those kind of prog rock albums at that period of the mid-70s especially and he loved ELO and there was Yes and Genesis and Barclay James Harvest and Wishbone Ash so I wondered if you if she was into that kind of music as well which is a bit it would be a bit unlikely because mostly, they're mostly boys who like prog rock. But I just don't know what el- other songs or albums that she had.
1: I don't know. When I was... It wasn't really her. It was like my parents, you know. Like, I listened to things like... It sounds pathetic, David. But things like Andy Williams. I love Andy Williams. I love yes. stuff like that, you know, because it's... Uh, it, it's just a memory, that's all it is. You know, it's nothing more than that. And it just give, but it does give me a vibe because that's what I used to, that's what my parents shoved down my throat all the time. You know, it was just like, that's the way it rolled. You know, and it's like, you know, when I listen to, it's interesting because I was listening to ELO, I just thought Alexa, you know, p- play ELO. And I understand why I'm making music that I am today. Because it's all them sort of string arrangements. That's the thing I'm really into. You know, I'm into sort of film. It's more film with me than music, putting it out. You know, it just is. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I love film. Yeah. You know, I want to I make films. I want to write books soon, you know. And it's just like you know, that sort of vibe, you know. I love Tarantino, I love, you know, all these actors, you know, I love Kevin Bacon and I'm well into it and I study it, you know, it's like an art. You know, that's my schooling. Mm -hmm. You know, forget fucking, sorry, (laughs) forget fucking school, all right? Forget it because I learnt nothing at school but the education of life is the more important thing to me and what I've done, you know, and it's just like... So when I was at school, nobody taught me anything, you know, but I know more about mathematics and algebra and sort of, you know, all sorts of shit, you know, but I wasn't taught it at school. I wasn't, you know, I was taught it by my parentage, you know, that's and that's where... You know, I I know about music. I know about love. I know about honesty. I know about passion. You know, and I know how to treat people in the right way. And that's that's just me, you know. And I just uh, I'll never get exhausted of um, of ambition because I think that the way I look at life is you get one ambition and you go, right, okay. I don't believe in that word, actually. Because <laughs> <if you will. laughs> i go one ambition, and then when I've reached that ambition, I need another ambition. You know, and I, it just goes on and on and on. You know, and that's, it's just, to me, it's exciting. yeah, You know, it's really exciting. And, you know, people, I feel that people are, well I I this girlfriend and she said she met a friend of hers and she said he said that people are generally disappointing and I think that's true. You know I think that 90% of people are just they want to you know like pile money on money they want to get bigger cars they want to get bigger houses and I don't agree with it. You know, and that's why I'm like, I'm like, right, okay, let's talk to the council about this. You know, let's <laughs> fuck around a bit. And that's, but that's just what I'm like. You know, you can talk to my friends and family, and they'll just say, uh, "Andy Cousins, a fucking loony." You know, he just wants to destroy the, not destroy the world, just make the world a better place. And That's all. <laughs> and I find it, I find it funny. You know, I find it funny. Just like, uh, you know, it's like it's like you with the. I know you can edit, it always, yeah. But it's like you with your doing your show, and you you're pretty cool, aren't you? I, well,
0: I, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's hard well, to. Well, I think
1: you know. I've listened to a bit of your show, and I think you're pretty cool.
0: Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> you
1: it's know, a, so. But I
0: think I think it would be strange to sort of. I suppose it's hard to. Um, I don't know, mark your own self or, or not mark yourself, but you know, to rate yourself because it's like I I always fear that I could be quite deluded, you know, which is probably true, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but what's funnier what's funnier than you know, it's like my partner Lisa. What's funnier than putting a picture of you up with your cat? I think that's <laughs> fucking smart, mate. Because yes. <laughs> because I had to the the cat that you've got in front in this picture I had to, I keep saying to Lisa Jane, I keep saying, uh, I killed that cat. And, you know, I had to sort of make a decision to to put an injection in it, to kill it, because it lost half, half its body weight.
0: Right, yes. You know,
1: you just you know is sometimes you have to make them sort of decisions so when i see people looking after animals like that picture of you i'm looking at it now and i just think it's just amazing because you just because the characters you know the p pe- the better than people yeah. and that's what i think you know i just think that you know people let you down all the time but the cat might scratch you that does not hurt that much, no. it? You know, it's, it's all right, though. You know, it, it, this one I've got now. Um, what's it called? Aussie. Um, it bites Lisa Jane. You know, whenever she comes round here, it, it, it bites her. But it's a form of love. That's all it is. Yes, teething. And They're the, probably you know, teething, aren't they? Not, yeah, it's not you know she's a little one and it's oh well know. yes absolutely yes so so it's just like you have to sort of give them <clears> a bit of <throat> a bit of leeway <laughs> yes well i think with
0: with pets you never unlike friends sometimes you need to have space from a friend or a lot of space from a friend and well you just don't want to see them anymore whereas a cat you don't really you know even if they go to the toilet you know, you know on this sort of mat yeah. or carpet you're not going to say look sorry but we're going to have to have some space here for you know until next Christmas at least you know when we can get together so I think we, we it's a, I suppose it's unconditional love when it's an animal isn't it let's face it you know you don't you don't really sort of hold any grudges even if they get very picky with their food you're not gonna kind of say that's it I can't cope you're going to have to leave because you just think, oh, you poor thing. Let's, let's not worry about that. We can cope. And it makes, I think it makes us as individuals better people myself.
1: I think that, you know, the, the only way I look at it is, you know, people have let me down through the past, but I've never been let down by an animal. You know, they're just kind and generous. I just, and I just, uh, that, makes me a better person
0: yes you know, that, that's absolutely. what i think
1: it makes me a better person because i'm not like you know people think you know i've got a few friends and they call me like a rock god a hot shot you know <laughs> whatever and i much. think i'm just a piece of shit you know so it's not like that you know i'd sooner go for a walk in the woods and you know hug a tree than get on stage Yeah, because that's that's like a transient. It's like it's so like um, getting on stage and playing in front of like with All About Eve, we played in front of you, we headlined Glastonbury. And there was like 80,000 people there. Now, I can't even remember that. You know, I can't remember it. People show me photos, you know, all sorts of shit. Now, I was on stage but I felt safe being on stage because there were just four of us. That was it, you know, and it was just like, but there's 80,000 people in front of you, but you don't look at them. You just don't look at them. You know, and it's just like other gigs, you know, in the Mission. The Mission was a weird one because, you know, it was all all about, um, and I don't mind telling you, David, you might have to edit this out, <laughs> it was all about drugs and drink. That's all it was about. You know, so all the time it was cocaine, acid, the whole fucking thing. You know, and you just get you just go you don't know where you're at when you're on stage. You're playing in front of what what we we did Zillow and Zillow in Germany was like uh about thirty thousand. And we get up there, and he's just like, you're just messing around. That's all you're <laughs> doing. you just fucking around. He's not like a, you know, playing Tower of Strength, you know. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it's just like Wasteland. All right, let's go. <laughs> but, but Wayne, Wayne was a pain. In, Wayne was a pain. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> you know, it, it, that was just like, but travelling around, you know, because I, I was in Stockholm, that's where I lived, in Sweden. And I would just like um, flying, the lads were flying in and out, right, from England. And I used to fly from Stockholm, and it was just like, because uh, I had a Swedish girlfriend. And it was just like a mess, it was just a mess. We used to get to a place, you know, to, and, and I used to get a cab. No, not a cab, but a fucking limo or whatever. (laughs) And I didn't fucking care. You know? And it was just like, come on then, let's fucking do the gig. But it's so boring. It's so boring because you've got free booze, free everything, you know, whatever you do. And then you have to get on stage and play, what? I don't know, 16 to 24 songs. It's just like. Yes. I don't know. It's just funny. (laughs) You know, when you look back, you just go, "Um, yeah, okay. You know, it's like I talk to Wayne every so often now, but it's only over, like, email and stuff. Yes. So, look. He's he's in Sao Paulo.
0: Yeah. I did an interview with Wayne, and he he said he was in Brazil with lots of animals. He seemed to be very keen on animals at the time. He He probably still has a small zoo somewhere down there. Yeah. Yes is, is, um,
1: is, uh, and I don't mind if you put this out at all, if you're going to edit all this stuff, but his um, missus, <laughs> oh God, this is a funny story, this one, that he don't like it that I pretend that I fancy her. <laughs> so what I say to, to Wayne when I've seen him is like, right, okay, yeah, I've got a picture of her on my desktop. But he gets it he gets really angry. <laughs> and I don't like I'm like, what hold on a minute, you've got a picture of my wife on your desktop. And I say, Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. he <laughs> it takes it the wrong way. You know what I mean? It's just like it just takes it the wrong way, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, because she really likes me, you know.
0: God, it. it, it a, yeah, it could get complicated. It could be a bit fleet with No, in.
1: it's not. No, it's not. It's not complicated, honestly. Oh, good. But it but it's fun, it's, it's just funny, but I'll, all I'm doing is winding him up. But yes. when I've seen him I saw uh I saw Osei we'll in uh where was it? Hastings and I went I was I stood at the back and it was like a theatre thing and me and Lisa Jane Myers went up the top and we sat at the top and people know who I am you know it's just you know I'm Andy Cousin you know it's just the way it is so we stood at the top but people come up to me and start playing me with frigging whiskey and stuff <laughs> so I'm getting more and more fucking drunk and like I think us is on stage you know this shit Usse and I'm like this is a good story this David And I'm going like, right, okay, so we're in Hastings. It's about an hour from where I live. And I'm going like, right, okay, how are we going to sort this out? There's people going, Andy, oh, Andy. (laughs) This is good. I get extra whiskey, you know, I'm drinking more and more. And I go, right, but is on stage, right, doing his solo gig. But he starts reading poetry all right, and that does me fucking heading. <laughs> I just like... I just like go... So he's winding me up all the time. So I'm thinking, like, to Lisa and the guys, I'm thinking, like, right, OK, I need to sort this problem out. He said it's something that needs to be sorted out. So I walked down the steps in the theatre and I stood at the front of the stage and I said... You're a wanker, Wayne. You're a fucking wanker. Come on, you know what you're doing. You're half pissed. You know when when he's on stage, i say he's absolutely brilliant, right? When he stops in between, he sounds well. He sounds half pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, I, so me beating me, I feel the need to just kind of say something. Yes. it's not. It's all right, you know. It's fine. It's like, it's so. I go down the steps, pretending to go to the bathroom, and I stand in front of the stage, in front of Aussie's stage, and I just say, "Do you realise that I were in this band for a long time, you know?" And he's got no fucking respect for me. Yes, or he didn't like it. On the slow day, they didn't like it. Uh, I I got ushered out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so 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 it's a case that you yeah so um so the case there wasn't like kind of like brotherly love there. You were really trying to get in front of you. You were trying to get try and wind him up, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I d- I think that you know in situations like that, you know with with. With Andy, with Andy Cousin, you know, I just um, if somebody winds me up, I'm gonna get involved, you know, regardless of consequence, you know, and it just that's the way it works with yes. me. You know, I don't look, I'm not, I'm not violent or anything like that, but I will, I will react, you know, to to. I'll, you know, it'll be just like an action to a reaction. It'll be a reaction, sorry, the other way around. Yes. A reaction to an action. And that's all it'll be. So if he's sort of kicking off, and, you know, I don't care who it is, because I know so many famous people, that if he, if anybody does anything, you know, and I feel like not threatened, that's not the right word, you know, it's like, uh, you know, um, even a... Gr- I was going to say grievance, but it's not even that. You yeah. know, it's just, uh It's just... Uh, you know, it's just having passion. And when I feel like somebody's taking the piss, when somebody's taking advantage of your love, then I have to react to it. Yes. That, well, absolutely. Know, yeah. 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 And that's, that's the sort of person I am. God, I bet the crowd
0: must have loved that little bit of interaction.
1: Oh, they... You know, but... Well, <laughs> David, you know, I, you, there's, there's like, if there's like 200 people in there, I would imagine that, you know, that, you know, because it went on, it went viral. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> but, but, you know, so I'm like, oh, no, what did I do? <laughs> you know, what did I do? Right. Um, but it went viral. But the thing is, what you get is these, most of most of the people go. I don't know what Andy did. He didn't do anything, right? You know, because they don't. <laughs> they're too they're too interested in Wayne's next song, you know, or poem. Yeah, poem or whatever. They're not bothered about me. I so was was that.
0: was was Wayne doing his book tour then with his latest book? Yeah, was that, it was right. It was, so that was, so was quite was recently, was so recently, recently. So that was him, yeah, was. kind of. Getting on stage, doing that, and um, yeah. yeah, and and then which did, is which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. David. But then, did you kind of get in touch with each other after that moment, or is that the last time you've seen each other?
1: Wearing, you know, me and Wayne, us here in touch, you know, all the time. He's not as uh, as social socially aware as me. You know, he's not, but he does what he can uh, when he can do it. You know, he's got lots going on. I know that, you know, God bless Brazil because, you know, I know they've got a bigger problem than us over in the UK regarding coronavirus. Yeah. So I love them. You know, I love these people because I know you know, it's like I'm talking to people who want to work with me from Argentina, and you know, all sorts of places. So they're absolutely beautiful people. You know, it's not that's that's the thing. But you know, regarding Wayne, um, he's got his he's got his thing going on there, and he's got studio, and he's doing his his bit. And that, you know, God bless him. You know, because he's he's just putting out this thing. And I don't know if you know. With Tower of Strength, yes, you know, doing, yeah, and with Tim Palmer, yeah, and yeah, with Tim Palmer, Tim's yeah. nice as well. Yeah. So Tim's look, just smart.
0: just going back before we get to to that when you were because so when did the bait? When did you? you your parents were into sort of um, easy listening, soft pop with Andy Williams doing Moon River, which frankly is a classic as well as his Christmas album, and then we get through the seventies and obviously you were kind of thirteen, forty when fourteen when punk hit, so it was a bit younger did that did that sort of cross into your life at all or did you kind of miss that and then catch it later in the 80s
1: i think that you know all i can remember back then and you know like i say i'm going to write this book is things like uh, stiff little fingers you know i just used to love it you know stuff like that and yes. adamant, adamant you know classic a, yeah hero a real hero
0: yes but well, okay. what was your first single you bought then
1: Well, you know, I never, it'd be like, you know, the first single I think I ever bought was 10cc. Classic. You know, so bullet, what's it called? I can't remember. Rubber bullets? I don't know. Rubber bullets, but the B-side, you know, that I loved. You know, I always loved B-sides. So waterfall, you know, on the B-side of rubber bullets, and it was just like, so stuff like that, you know, and... uh, all sorts of things, you know, affected me.
0: So when did it, you get? A, when did you want to pick up an instrument or when did you sort of think, actually, I really want to be in a band?
1: It was late on. It was late on, you know. It was like, you know, because all, all I wanted to do is play football. You know, right. That's, that's, you
0: that's were a sporty back. kid in Huddersfield.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, all I wanted to do is run around. You know, my dad was a manager of uh, the great Battiford Wanderers, Excellent. <laughs> Whoever they are. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not Huddersfield, because I, I was brought up in... I was born in Lincoln, you
0: know. I'm, oh, okay, then.
1: I'm East Anglian. Yes, um, okay. One site one sec. One sec. Hello. Hello, Hello. again. Okay. Hello. 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 Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. To... So yeah, so I, I was like, I was more as a kid. I was brought up like, a, you know, like I'd, my dad wanted me to be a football player, and that's what I, you know, that's what I, you know, I had trials and all sorts of things.
0: Right. So you weren't, you weren't sort of like. I mean, quite a few people, you know, were often in these school bands playing in, you know, playing the bass or drum and just trying to get something together. And interestingly enough, I came from a sort of, I suppose it was much more of a country country background, you know, working class and everyone just played football. There was no one in bands it was just kind of you know the all the cliched you know jumpers for goalposts and just kind of kicking a ball around all the day so um yeah that was that so then come the early 80s when we'd had the post-punk period and then the early years of indie pop were you you know your sporting career by then you either you must have been in your late teens then then so you were were you still interested in football were you realizing it wasn't going to happen and you were going to be doing something else
1: I mean, I, I always say to people that, you know, I could have been a professional football player. There's no doubt about that. You know, I was good. You know, I was skillful. But I was a wimp. You know, that was the downside. So when I got tackled, I couldn't cope with it. You know, I, I couldn't deal with that sort of shit, you know. Mm. You know, so so that that was if I want to look at myself, you know, my past. That was the the thing that stopped me being a professional football player because I could have been. I was good enough. Mm. So, but regarding, you know, if you move on to music, um, all I can say about that is, you know, with, you know, we started early on, you know, and it was just like me and Tim because I with Tim Britch, you know, um, we just we just, uh, we were at college together, you know, I was an art student and, and it just moved up, you know, it just moved on to like us monke- monkeying around, but we were doing stuff like, uh, you know, just going to record shops and, uh, you know, just stealing records and all sorts of stuff, you know, we were into. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and like jumping over barriers and, you know, I think I was telling somebody that you know, the amount of times that, on, you know, because I lived in London, and we were jumping over bloody, you know, we de- never paid uh, for tickets and anything like that because we'd just run, you know. No. Nobody caught us, ever. No. <laughs> Brilliant, you know. But but when you get to the other end, you just think, ah, oh, God, I don't know. It's so, you know, getting into music, you know the only thing i would say and when i get my book out eventually is that determination you know love and passion is more important than anything you know it's like you know so what me and tim did were jump out over barriers and get chased around by cops and stuff like that. anything you know but we'd always meet with julianne and with a four track and write, you know, Wild Out a Woman, you know, Every Angel. Yes. You know, we just knew in a very ignorant fashion what to do, you know, and it was like, I, I, I tell people all the time, ta- well, not many people, but I tell people that when we, we at 313 Studios in Holloway Road, me and Julianne and Tim, Used to carry our amps down there and guitars in the pissing rain and that's what it takes yeah you know it, that's what it takes to be a success then after that happened and it used to we used to, we did it all the time we were just we didn't care it was just like getting that we didn't have any money you know and it was like going to the pub the vultures perch and Kentish is down if any, anybody knows it mm. we used to go in there and we'd only be able to afford one beer, just one beer. That that's it between three of us. <laughs> but but we did it, you know. We and and then all of a sudden that turned into a a, a huge amount of money, for, from uh, PolyGram.
0: Yes, Polygram. but but just before that, okay, you were yeah. you were at sort of art school with Tim. You you were in a goth band though with Tim, weren't you, in Huddersfield?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And was that your first band?
1: Yes, that was a weird one because... What were they called? A Motor Cry.
0: A Motor Cry.
1: Yeah, and that that, that was a weird experience because I left home when I was really, you know, a little one, you know, 16, and I left home. And you you know at that age i'm sure you know that you just don't know what you're gonna do next but you know a rented flat there's loads of people in there and it's just like you know it's just it's just weird it's just weird but you exist it's dead easy to sort shit out you know but then then i met tim but i met tim at college i met in well before college and then we started to play like jam songs right stuff, stuff like that that's what we were doing you know and sort of just like just you know in his in his parents place it was great you know i loved it but i didn't really know what was going on to tell you the truth i'm I just like i want focused yeah. not like now I was just like you know just like you know, you just you do what you can do, and that's that's what it was like. And Tim was like that. It was a bit different to me. But when it goes from from you know nothing to something, you know, when when you go to the record company and they tell you that you it looks like you're gonna have a number one hit you know, with Martha's Harbour, mm. you just go, Yeah. Oh, you know. Yes. You, don't, you don't even get it, you know, you don't even understand, you know, because you're only 20, you know, in your early 20s, and somebody's saying you're going to be number one in the charts. You know, I've had uh, 10 top 40 hits, uh, three top five albums, you know, but I didn't think, you don't think about it. You know, when you get on the Royal Albert Hall stage, you don't think about it. Yeah. You just do it. You just you just do it. You know, when you're playing, you because you think about you you think about other things when you're on stage. You just think about, and it's not you're not even thinking about bass playing or anything like that. You're just thinking about. What this geezer next door, you know, on the seat is saying, right. Andy, you know, just like you're just not thinking about it. <laughs> you know, you're thinking about, you know, when the after show, you know, I remember at Roll but, oh, you know, there's four and a half thousand people there, you know, it's, it's, uh, but you're not thinking there's four and a half thousand people in front of you, you just don't think like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's
1: a it's a very odd um, weird situation to put anybody in. Mm. Because you
0: know, because the because the band Formed in sort of 85, didn't it? Sort of roughly of yeah. 85. Did it yeah. feel at that stage, because the indie pop world had really exploded with the Smiths in 83, yeah, and you'd sure. got all those kind of jingly-jangly sounds, and, you know, at the same time, you know, we had people like, you know, John Peel, who was kind of one of the great gatekeepers, and then the music papers who were quite huge. So did you feel when when you got together with the other members of the band that there was something quite of special about the the, you know, the outfit combo?
1: I think the, whoosh. that's a, that's an hard one, that one. Um, You know, I'd grown up with Tim, you know, when um, D for Desire, you know, the first, because I wasn't involved in that. I played it, of course, but I didn't, I wasn't involved in it. You know, it was their gig. Uh, But they, uh, James Richard Jackson was, was the bass player at the time but they didn't like him. So did I um I what I did was just I was I was kind of not na- looking back. I was naive. To tell you the truth, I was just naive. I wasn't I wasn't thinking I would just go and like, right, I'll go up and see Tim. You know, we'll have yeah. a good time. That sort of that sort of attitude. But when they said when they played, I remember they played, uh, you're getting a lot of information me now. <laughs> uh, when they played me D for Desire and uh, the B-side as well, and I just went, yeah, I love it. And they went, right, you're in the band. You know, And it was just one of them things. That, mm-hmm. So then it were three of us. It, it was just a, a trio. I mean, regarding, you know, it's a long conversation regarding when Mark Price joined the band. Yes. You know, because that's that's a different thing altogether. Uh, But the band was me, Julian and Tim from then on. And it just, and that's when we got a major record deal. Yeah. That was the thing, you know, that was, that was, uh, we didn't mean it, we didn't, You know, I don't even know if we wanted it. We wanted to be like scumbags on the dole. We didn't want to, you know, we didn't intend it. It wasn't a design. Of yes. life, it won't like that. Just, but honestly, did you?
0: I mean, because you had quite an image, didn't you? And you had quite a following. Yeah. I mean, did that? Was that something you sat around with your with your pint of milk, uh, pint of milk, pint of beer, and think, you know, what are we, you know, how we're going to angle this, you know? And because because it seemed like a very definite style that the band had, and you, because there was that kind of whole gothic scene at the time, you picked up a, a crowd very quickly, didn't you?
1: Well, basically. You know, what happened was we went on tour with the mission because the mission's manager was our manager. So we went all over Europe. I mean, it was a hell of a journey. But we knew we had to do something different because, so well, all we saw with the Mish was like Goths. Yeah. You know, but we were. I don't know if it was a. I don't know if it was like a. If we were making a a decision or what whatever, whatever, but we went everybody's wearing black. Tell you what, let's us wear white. You know, and that's what we did. That's why we, we just made this de- decision. Or you know, or flowers. We started with flowers all over our shirts. Yes. You know, and that was that was our thing. You know, but we it wasn't. <laughs> It's not, it's not, uh, we just didn't even think about it. We just went, we didn't go, look, we're going to wear white because you wear black. It wasn't like that. We just went, oh, I like these shirts. They're all right. Yeah. You know, so, so we, we started wearing flowery things. Now, people thought we were weird, but then they went, my God, all about Eve. They look fucking smart because we weren't goths anymore. Yes. Well, you had that you know, sort of
0: air of mystery, didn't you? And floaty, hippy, Stevie Nicks. But, yeah. But with a certain Mission-esque quality about it.
1: Yeah, and it start, You know, it, it really started with that, you know, flowers in our hair video. Yes. Because it was just like we had to do some. We, didn't, we weren't doing it on purpose, dude. We weren't. We, you know, it just wasn't like that. It were just like oh I'm wearing this shirt, you're wearing that shirt. And you know, it's like when I said, you know, you know, us on, you can imagine us on stage at a goth gig wearing uh sort of white, everything white. Yes. No, and if, and that's that's one one way we attracted, you know, an audience. But what I found was um that when we we're on tour with the mission and we we're going round Europe and stuff, you know, that, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, it was predominantly goths. But when the, if you do a tour, like if you do two months, it's hard work, you know, all that shit.
0: I would imagine. But then you were young, weren't you? So you would have been having a good time.
1: I, it, well, like I say, you don't, you don't think about it. You know, that's the thing. But the thing is, what I found was, you know, there's probably about, I would say, 3,000 people every night. And what I found that, you know, on day one, is that everybody's dressed in black. But by day 10, everybody's wearing flowery sir- shirts. Yes. It's it's just wait and you just go. You're standing on stage, just playing flowers and stuff like that, and and while you know all them songs that All About Eve did, but the the whole audience was changing, and by by the end of the tour, it was half.
0: Right, and how and how were the two bands coping? You know, All About Eve, because you've obviously you started as the the junior members. And then obviously he picked up quite a following, especially with the sort of, I suppose yeah. a lot of people fell in love with um, Julianne, didn't they?
1: Yes, of course, yeah.
0: Everyone just must have been, she's more beautiful than Wayne, isn't she?
1: He was, a, you know, it's a hard one with Wayne because Wayne is, uh, he's got so much charisma. You know, it's beautiful. Um, you know, i spent a lot of time with Wayne. Um, Julianne is the same you know she's she's the same she's she's full of something she's got something you know I always say like it's like uh you know you've got you're surrounded by this beauty you know and Julian's like that you know she has that i don't I'm just a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's and that's what um you know, I can see this sort of cloud around people that you know, and the special people. Yeah. And Julianne's got you know, I always keep saying, you know, if I talk to people that um, you know, there's only two there's only two singers in the world that I love and I think are special and one is Whitney Houston and one is Julianne Reagan. I just like you know that's that's it, you know as far as I'm concerned. So you know you, you know that's just my opinion. Yes, that's, so that's just,
0: yeah. So when when you done after doing the tour, and then yeah. you went to do the first album, your your sort of debut album. I mean, obviously that features a phenomenal amount of really strong songs. There aren't, like, a couple of good songs and the rest are a bit like, mm, never mind. But, they're, yeah. you know, it's an incredibly strong album and you worked with the producer, Paul Samway Smith. So was this kind of... Yeah. Was the record company incredibly excited about the band and was sort of thinking, we've got gold here, this is going to be big?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, they thought that it was going to be one of the biggest things you know on this dear earth you know i think they thought that now uh, the you know there's a downside and its personalities within a band that's what it is and it's like so you'll get on you know you'll that's why you you formed the band in the first place and you just did shit you know um but there's always going to be trouble you know there's always going to be trouble because generally what i found is you know artists in inverted commas you know they're always a bit fucked up you know it's just like you know so so you know you can have to deal with that and i think i think the record companies know that you know so they'll give you a bit of leeway but once you see something that's destructive they'll just pull it they'll pull the carpet under your feet you know mm. He will you know and it's just like that so so you know in the beginning it's all it, it, you know the 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 people in the band because you're young you're really young I'm still young you know but you're really young yeah and you just you just um you just don't you're not thinking in the right in the right way you know you're just not thinking like that but, you know, the people in the record companies are older. You know, they're in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that. So they can know what's going on. So they know, like, for instance, uh, I am talking to somebody the other day, when they're banging on about, you know, videos. Now, videos are a weird thing. That's odd, that, mm. doing that. Because you start at 5 a... You know, I get a limo coming for me at 5 a.m. in the morning... And you don't get home till five a.m. in the next morning, and you're just going. But I, most of the day is is uh, girls coming along, pretty girls, giving me booze, you know, giving me alcohol. What's that? <laughs> That's all it is, you know. And I just go, you know, of course, if you're twenty, you know, you just go. This is brilliant. This, I'm getting everything for nothing. Mm. You know, yeah. so it's just, and it's an ongoing. It's like a factory, you know, we're just going round and round all the time,
0: yeah. and you
1: just, it. So it's just, uh, it's a curious process. Obviously, it's gone a bit. Um, I want to say tits up. Am I allowed to say that? Yes,
0: you, um, no, that's fine. But because, because with you, I mean, with that, yeah. you did the tour. Then you did the first album, which is kind of huge, and yeah. loads of singles, things are going well. There is the kind of, I mean, this is probably, you probably think, oh, fuck, don't don't ask about it, but the Top of the Pops moment, how did that affect the band, you know, the Martha's Harbour kind of moment on Top of the Pops?
1: I think the, you know, Top of the Pops is a, a weird, you know, obviously now it's like died a bit.
0: yes. Um, or dead uh, I mean.
1: Yeah, totally um, What was it like? Because Well uh, no,
0: because of the, uh, cause the Martha Harbour the the, the famous one where yeah, you don't yeah. know the lyric you know, you're know, just sitting there waiting for something to happen and nothing does and it's like oh, that's a bit strange, what happened there you know, because of the um, yes, not having the tape, not, not being able to hear what you're doing so no one mimes to it
1: I think the uh, the whole miming thing was like you know something you got used to it was something that was quite you know obvious a lot of time was spent around that time when we did what kind of fool and place things like that that it was just like you were back you always had a a dressing room you know with booze again yes you know and you just uh what you you just like, so you sat around a lot of the time, you know, and you'd, you'll you do a rehearsal and stuff like that, which is fine. But when the monitors, you know, when you can't hear what you're doing, you know, it's like, uh, it's a horrible thing. You know, it's just, it, it destroys you because it's your art. It's your passion. Yeah. So something like that is devastating. You know, it's not, People just think, oh yeah, I couldn't hear. You know, Julianne couldn't do this, and I, I, I just, you know, she was distraught, you know, and it don't because it's her art.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: it, so it's just um, to something like that is just awful, you know. It's like, but the miming thing is awkward. Yes. Yeah. Well, no,
0: I, I suppose it was that performance where where you don't you can't hear the vocals to stop, you know, to do the mime. So, you you know, the band sit there and and wait for the whole song and everything feels a bit, something didn't quite happen. It's like, oh, yeah, there was a mistake with the technical star or the studio, you know, technician not doing something quite right. So it means the band looked a bit kind of awkward, very awkward.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, the band gets the blame. It's like the blame came. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't anything to do with that Martha Tart Harbour thing it wasn't anything to do with the band you know it's just sat there fucking doing what you, you do and it just the, the technicians aren't doing their job but in retrospect when you look back we got put on Top of the Pops the next week you know so but they they felt like guilty guilty yeah because they know that they know they are messed up so you know you just go well i don't know what you think you know it's just like you know just uh all we're doing is trying to play a song that's all we're doing
0: mm-hmm. that's all and that's it's, but then you get a number 10 from it you know it kind of gets yeah quite good yeah. but then how does it you know so you've, you've had that success and then you know the ni- the late 80s and then 90s are kind of interest you know the period that you were active because for a lot of those indie bands from the 80s who'd started around 83 84 yeah. and were part of that c86 world by 87 you know five years in a band is normally just about what most people can cope with and then you know so there's that dynamic and then there's the other thing that you know ecstasy started to come in so There was a lot. The record company was much more interested in all those bands like the Happy Mondays and Soup Dragons and Stone Roses, Primal Scream. So there was that kind of wave. You know, we all started dancing to a guy called Gerald and Voodoo Child, if you do something, Ray. Um, And then, you know, you you know, so you you had that kind of going on, but you were sort of quite there on your own furrow. You know, I suppose the goth scene kind of was able to exist without having to worry about that kind of fashion. And then you had this Seattle grunge scene happening as well, so everyone was suddenly into Nevermind. So when you came to record in the second album, I just wondered how the band were coping, because obviously you'd had that initial success. There was a lot of, obviously, money sort of being floating around and probably not knowing what to do with cash if you ever got hold of it. And there was also probably more drugs and drink than you could have ever dreamed of. So I just wondered how everybody was coping when they, when it sort of came back to putting together your your sort of follow-up album.
1: I think that, you know, because of the success of the first album, it's a difficult time, you know, and it's just like when we did the second album, that was just like... Um, it, look, it was easy to do because we had the cash, because the record company. So it was just like that was that wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem at all. You know, we were in fantastic studios, and you know, we could do what we wanted. So we were floating around, just you know, just doing what whatever. You know, yeah. So so you know, with Scarlett and other stories, you know, that was just like. It was just quite, it was quite easy. I mean, I personally, you know, that I, I didn't like a lot of the songs on that album. Some of the songs are fantastic. But, you know, half the songs I just couldn't stand. And I, t- I totally hate the album title. Yes. That will not that won't my decision at all. You know, it was only later on. You know, when we'd finished, and then there was a lot of complications, which I I can't go into now. No, I can't. Um, But later on, when we did Ultraviolet, that was when Marty Wilson Piper joined the band. That gave. We would have been. We would have split up if it weren't for Marty. We would. Mm. You know, we would have, you know, because it would just like. It just gave some energy to the band, you know, when we were just look, you know, it's like, um, just like you feel like real down, you know, and then somebody comes along with all this like, come on, let's go, you know, that sort of thing. And that's what that's what Marty's like. That's why I love him. You know, I still love him to this day. I see him all the time.
0: Yeah. You know.
1: Because
0: so Tim had left the band then, hadn't he? Tim,
1: Tim it's a complicated one. Yeah, Tim had gone, you know, so.
0: And how did you feel? Because he was your mate and you'd gone back to, you know, like childhood, you know, memories and friendship.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one, you know, because shit happens, you know, (laughs) it just does. And you can't, I can't change back time. Yes, Tim, I, I love Tim, but, you know, he's got, he's on his own path, you know, so what can I do? I don't... I live in, you know, Kent. I don't live up north. Yes. Or in London, you know. So yes. it's just like... It's just one of them things. You know, you you know... I'm sure you know what it's like, David. You lose... You lose friends sometimes. Well,
0: most of the time. I think as you get older... Yeah, I know, probably... oh, as you get older. So <laughs>
1: so you just like... Let's
0: be honest. Yeah,
1: so it's just like... Um,
0: so what was your experience? Because obviously the, the you know, Scarlet album, not so good. And, mm. and did it feel kind of, by the end of it, did you all feel tempted to give the band kind of like, I can't be bothered with this? Or was, what was the mm. reason for sort of almost continuing with Ultraviolet? Because that's quite a, the, you know.
1: The, the, the whole, once we got to that stage after that second album, we were playing Glastonbury, so we were playing in front of eighty thousand people. You know, we were playing all over the world. Yes. You know, and it, you know, in a, a lot of people, you know, all the time. You know, so you're just in a, you're kind of in a haze. Um, regarding you know Ultravalle, that was a, a different one altogether because we we signed to, we were on Phonogram. Which was PolyGram, which was part of the empire that is now EMI, I think, and and uh, we, then we signed to MCA. MCA went bust, or or part, they had to let go of lots of uh, people, you know. Mm. So so we were with one of the ones that they went they let go because we were just in the middle of an album, you know, which was Ultraviolet so we carried on with the album it got paid for, it was fine um, but people didn't like it you know, they just didn't like it, that way. it was just it was too going from, you know the first album to Ultraviolet, they just didn't like it they just thought, oh why have they gone all fucking indie pop, you know, and it will not like that at all, you yeah. know we weren't, we were just, um, I don't know, we were just doing what we wanted to do at the time, and Julianne had lots of ideas. She's brilliant, Julianne, you know, because she, she had loads of ideas about vocals, the way it should be placed in the mix, and all, all all sorts of shit. You know, she was on it. You know, we were just fucking monkeying around, me and Marty and Mark. <laughs> you <Yes. laughs> just like... So, so it was just like, you know, doing ultraviolet was just when I look back on it, you know, it's only like it's weird because, you know, going from, you know, people going, why have they changed so much? And then a, a few years down the line, they go, this is the best album all about Eve I've ever did, you know, and you go, I told you so, you know, but they don't, you know, you can't. Please all of the people all, all of the time. You just can't.
0: Yes. So was the stress? I mean, with the, that pressure at that moment, yeah. did that was was the sort of was the band a, a sort of a deflated a bit more than? Um...
1: I, I think the um, you know the, the the lads stick together. Hold on. The lads stick together, mm-hmm. and I think you know. But Julianne, at that time, I think she just—and it's fair enough, you know—she just had enough, so she just, she just decided that she was going to leave, and you know, and we were, you know, in a residential, uh, place called Watley Barn, and she just, she just decided to get a BM and go. You know, and it was just like right. Oh, thanks for that, Julianne. <laughs> you know, and you just, but you just have to face up to it. But we carried on, and that's when I, that's when I started the scene stars thing with Marty, right? Because what what that album turned into, which we were writing for all about Eve, was was a, I don't know if it, a kind of substandard. I would imagine, unless Julian sung on it, the genius. I would, you know, it's kind of substandard. You know, it was just like, you know, it's all right, it's good. But that—that's when I—that's um, what because Marty was in Stockholm, and he was, you know, he's in the church. And so, yes. Yeah. So Marty had to fly back to Australia to Sydney, to the church, and I'm. I eat, he won once, one Christmas he said to me why don't you come over and let's bring all the tapes and stuff and let's get uh, a new band going and that's what turned into Seeing Stars and that was the, that's the story so I went to stay with Marty one Christmas and, and we did this Seeing Stars album that turned into I think it's great I mean, not a lot of people don't. I think <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yes. So it's just like you know. So it was basically me and Marty in uh in Stockholm, the to Stockholm, like just you know doing what me and Marty did. You know, we were just best mates, and and we we will be forever.
0: Yeah, you know, but then, but then in that mid nineties, Julian. brings this forms a band called Mice doesn't she yes which had not the greatest record cover I have to say it was a bit it wasn't that inspirational was it the the Mice I remember getting it actually and listening to it and I remember at the time she I did an interview with her bizarrely and she I remember I mean this might not be right but I remember her saying that when she left All about Eve. That she, they, she didn't have any. One minute you're playing at the Royal Albert Hall, the next minute, she was cleaning the studio because she didn't have any money. And I was, and then sort of, I always remember her saying that, thinking, how come you didn't have any money left after that experience? I know that was a long time ago. That comes interview I did with her when she brought that. That particular album out but is that the case that with a band you know you kind of think my god one minute you are playing Glastonbury all the, you know number I don't know in the top 10 with various albums singles and then when it all finishes you think shit we've got no cash I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent I need to get another job
1: um what can I say about that um what I would say is that's a lie it's a it's an absolute lie because when you you're in a band you get a certain amount of money and you get a chunk you know you get a chunk but it's not like a wage like a weekly wage no but you get a chunk of money you know and then you have to decide what you do with that money now you know my you know when I get pissed off I used to invest in gear for all about Eve. all sorts of stuff you know guitars you know anything it could be anything they used to spend it on the mortgage, and that's my. Uh, that's why I'm pissed off with stuff like that because I just think it's a basic necessity, you know. And it's like, so that's just a load of crap, you know. You get, you get, a, you know what? Generally, you get a, an amount of money, and then you pay yourself extra from the excess. It's dead easy, you know, and it's so. So I've got no money. So what? You know, nobody's got any money. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know. But generally, I would say if you're in a successful band, you 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 fine for for years and years and years. Right. So it's bullshit. Yes. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and I don't I don't actually care if you put this out. You know, because it's bullshit. It's just like. You know, you get um, enough to get your buy. Not you're not rich or anything like that. It's just like but stop complaining. You know, you're in a band, you're playing on stage. You know, you're monkeying around. It's it's you're getting free every, it's always free everything. Yes. You know, so it's like it's like stop it, stop complaining. Yeah. And that's what that's what I find with a lot of musicians it's like, shut your, shut your mouth, you know, just stop it, just stop it, you know, you know, go and buy a cat, have a cuddle, <laughs> you know what I mean, just like, you know, just anything, stop complaining, yes. but it's always what I find, uh, David, it's like, you know, people just moan and moan and moan, and it's just like, will you shut up, <laughs> you know, I don't fucking understand that, you know, it's like, you know, we have to, we all get by. I bet you're not, Rich.
0: No. <laughs> but you, you know, you know so... yes, well, that's that's right. But but then do you, you also play a couple of, uh, you play on a couple of the songs for, for that particular project, don't you? Yes.
1: And did that, th- well, how On did, Mice. On yes, on
0: Mice. Yes, I did, yes. How did that feel, meeting Julianne again? Did it feel like, hmm, interesting?
1: I, look, I was... You know, you always look back, it's like retrospect. What, how did I feel about that? Oh, um, God, that's a hard one. Um, I wanted to be involved because Julian asked me to be involved. So I did four songs, I think. Um, it, it was like a uh, surreal experiment to me you know i just i just went into it but i was going into it blind i wasn't going into it thinking even like i'm helping julian out so what i i was just thinking you know, oh yeah this will be all right you know you know it was fine i i got no reward and you know we went on stage and we played blue sonic boy i i, I loved it because it, i just loved that song yeah. You know, I just love it. I just adore it. And other songs, you know, there's there's like two or three three songs on the mice album that I think are fantastic. Mainly the ones that I've played on. Excellent. <laughs> which, which is weird. So it's just what you know, it's just it would just uh I just wanted to help Julianne out. That's all. Even though she deserted my fucking band. <laughs> But I, honestly, I just wanted to help her out. Cause that's, yes, that's what I'm like.
0: Yes. Well, so. it, it it's it's all good. But then at that time, you joined the Mission, who obviously yes. had been going for quite a while as well. I mean, sort of for decades, really. And they were on their six album. So you then sort of slip in with the with a completely different vibe and a different energy with with a band yeah. who are. Uh, Sort of major, sort of rockers. Though I suppose was were they kind of were they kind of waning a bit at that stage?
1: Uh, you know, the you know the first. I think it was. Did we do Neverland and Blue? Yes. Uh, and it was. That was. What was it like? You know, I became. The one thing with with the mission is like you know they're so. You know, and I'm just being totally honest. It's like they're real individuals. So, you know, Wayne, you know, Wayne is Wayne. And, and you know, he he didn't he thought I was a shy little guy from All About Eve, which he sadly <laughs> made a big mistake there, <laughs> you know. So when I went, and it was MGT, Mark Gemini Thwaite, who, who I knew because I was in a band with him, you know, um, and it was just uh, it was just them sort of getting me, you know, saying like Andy, come and play with the Mish. and then we, but I, I, they didn't realise or Wayne didn't realise that I was a part of the writing process, and that was the the thing. So me and Wayne were were sort of allies, you know. We were like, you know, so. We'd listen to the same sort of music, like PJ Harvey things mm. like that. We'd be listening to the same stuff, and they'd be like Andy, different. Oh yeah, Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, like that. You know, it'd just be. It was a natural process, but what you get with a natural process within a band, unfortunately, is people don't like it. The other members of the band, they go, oh, I don't like it. the were Andy, are, you know, are, are super friends, you know. And it and it just goes on like that, so yeah, it was great. It was a great process. Um, somebody stole my car <laughs> when I was in Bristol. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that's life, I guess. Yes, but, you know, But so it was just like a. It was like a process, you know. The touring thing was was all right. It was fine, you know. It was, you know, you know, going all over Europe, and you know, especially you know when I was living in Stockholm, like just flying around from Stockholm because I was on my own. You know, I didn't have to deal with any idiots. <laughs> you know, I just landed there. I got, you know, they got me a some vehicle, and I, I just like, you know, so it, it was that won't a problem at all, but it became a problem. Thing think, uh, later on because of uh, other things.
0: Yes. I mean, we're, we're, how did you, um? I mean, because with All About Eve, yeah. obviously that was quite an intense experience. With the Mission, they'd obviously been going a long time. But did you sort of feel that with both bands, there were there were sort of issues to do with, like, people were just getting a bit raggedy around the edges, you know, characters, you know, people's lifestyles not being particularly kind of constructive or um, healthy, for that matter, you know, like you know, I just wondered if there was drugs and drinking were just kind of being, t- you know, quite a regular sort of feature of the band, especially the mission and and sort of the dynamic and the communication channels were sort of breaking down, sort of badly.
1: I think that um, I, I, I think that you know, it's when you, when you're in a band, you know, a successful band, you you sort of just amble along a certain extent um, do I I think that yeah personalities get in the way big time I think that uh, which isn't a huge problem because it's only like walk of life you know uh, You know, it's just like that's what happens you know so so you know regarding you know the mission that was a lot, that was easier than all about Eve to me because it it would just like uh you know there was always a line of coke there you know there was always like you know you just you know but you had to you had to get on with your job mm. you know and that's that was the i think that if if i can compare the two with all about even the mission i think the mission was easier because you always knew the job you always knew what you had to do, and if you didn't do it, then, then it's like you know my way or the highway. Regarding Wayne Hussey, mm. you know, with Julianne, it'd be like cancel the gig, you know that, and it was just like that, right? And it's so so. There's there's all demographics within bands, and it's just you know I'd always get on stage, you know, and do my job. But you do get the odd um, <laughs> confrontation, <laughs> shall I say. <laughs> so it's not. It's not. Listen. It's not. Listen. Um, it's. You know. You can deal with shit like this. You can deal with it. You can. But it. It's harder than than people think. You know the demographics of the. the, the you know the interaction within a band it's really hard because you've got four people who are more or less sleeping in each other's bed.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's that that's the thing, you know, that you just that you can't you can't really get to grips with. You know, I used to share a room with Julianne, you know, all the time. You know, I used to share a room with Wayne Usie all the time. And it would just like so you're just like juggling balls all the time. You know, if you drop one, pick it up, come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it's but it's 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 harder than people think when you're in a band. That it's just look at you, oh, look at you. You know, you fancy Nancy. <laughs> and it's not it's not fucking like that. It's not. It's just not like that. It's yeah. like it's hard work. You have to, you know, hold hands, cuddle each other, be honest, be lovely, be passionate. You know, and it, it, if you don't do that, then there's going to be no band. Yes, that's And that's the thing. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose it's just the dynamics, because
0: obviously when a band's been going for a long time, especially like the Mission, yeah. I mean, they'd had a lot of success and and sort of had filled a lot of stadiums. But then also there was a, probably a period where they were also were sort of not filling stadiums anymore and the record sales were going down and, and people getting a bit raggedy around the edges, you know, like dynamics, you know, like years of you know, casual alcohol and drug abuse can, can leave people feeling kind of getting a bit strange, can't they, and a bit odd. And um, and then, you know, you get new members in like yourself mm. to sort of uh, slightly change the dynamic again. And then you're sort of doing two albums with them as well as touring. You know, it, yeah, I just wondered what it was kind of like as you were sort of going through that. Because during, but then during that time, you started in the, you know, early 90s and then sort of 97 you kind of left um left the mission as well, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did yeah
0: yes, so was that something that you decided you'd had enough, or did you just feel like Wayne just said, don't come back tomorrow
1: i you know it was a weird one because I was uh seeing this girl in in stockholm in you know in Sweden that I just like and i, I got uh, she was like a singer songwriter. And I just, uh, we were, you know, I just I just said, I'll help you, Anna. And it turned into a project. And then I, it, it turned into more than a project. It turned into this band called Hallucination. I don't know how it worked, right? It, was, it wasn't uh, intentional. It just turned into something. Then we got a record deal in Los Angeles. And then we, so we spun over to Los Angeles and it was just like, it was a bit weird, you know, we were just in a totally different environment, you know, Stockholm is weird, I don't know if you've been there. No. It's lovely, it's lovely, I love it. But, <laughs> but, but going from there to Los Angeles and getting, you know, sort of meeting up with Madonna, because it was her record company yeah it was a bit weird you know it was just weird you know just like you know I'm just a northern lad I I don't understand all that crap you know I'm not impressed so it was just like hanging out with them sort of people and it was just I don't know if I can say it was fun because it was a long way to go and I suffer with jet lag yes (laughs) it's, it's just one of them things you know it's a, I don't know, you know, I don't know, but we got a big record deal, and we we made a record, we traveled the world, you know, making records with famous people, famous record producers, yes, and it was it was um a strange experience,
0: yes, I would imagine it was very strange yeah. after
1: the the Goth
0: gods that were the mission to the hallucination with a yeah. with, um, singer-pianist and working yeah. with Madonna. God, you must have felt like your life was a bit surreal at that stage, actually.
1: It, it was very... I, I don't know how I took it. You know, I just like... I just went, oh, this is... Oh, you know, this is all right. You know, it's fine. But, you know, when you've got logistics, you know, and travelling backwards and forwards from Los Angeles was a really difficult thing for me to do you know yeah so it was just one of them one of them moments that you just go well this you know it's cool in one respect but in others you go i just want to go back home <laughs> i love the uk man yeah you know? <laughs> so <laughs> i want to get back home so it was just like that you know and you know, so once I got back here, you know, it was just a matter of carrying on. You know, and I've got projects now that are really good, but then, really excited.
0: So, but then, as as some sort of strange soap opera, you you reform um, all about Eve yeah, to support yeah. the mission, which yeah. is. Um, did, so, did you sort of think, blimey, that's kind of interesting? I've got Julianne and Wayne. I can go on tour with both of them. Double trouble.
1: It's it's really hard. You know, because, you know, there's a person involved called Evie Vine. I don't know if you know her. No. And she's great. She's really good. And she was doing backing vocals with the mission. But it's also more complicated because I do, like you, I do radio. So I go to interview people or, you know, I go to, you know, Whitby Goth Festival I went around you know they showed me around I get him free and I do you know I just monkey around and uh, so I interview like you know it's so strange to interview your old band that you were in right. I interviewed the mission I interviewed the mission it's it's it it, it it's odd it's just dead odd you know To sort of um, you know, Wayne and Simon and Craig and, you know, Craig's fallen off the bus again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so you just like, so, you you know, I'm stood there. But Lisa Jane, she's brilliant, you know, my co-host. Yes. And she'll take, so, you know, she takes a microphone and it's like she's stood there, but I stand there. But they look at me like I'm bloody... (laughs) <laughs> like a moron <laughs> I don't <laughs> care you know, but it's just weird So, but you have to travel you know I don't know what you do if yeah. you get out and about to interview bands
0: not so much but then so so, what happens with this you said that it's a bit strange because you'd re- reformed All About Eve to support yes. the mission again so then yeah. how did how did that call come about and how did that project sort of how did you well, suddenly find it's going of it was on
1: but that that was a strange one because what basically what we did when we reformed at the start we got a, I don't know how we found him this guy called Tony Haime, who was a Finnish guy and such a lovely guy you know a, a lovely guy and so we got him we you know so we didn't have we didn't have Tim we didn't have Marty. So now it was Tony, but Tony was Tony's just a just a gentle, gentle man. You know, it's just just a nice dude. Yeah. And so 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 we just so that's what so we had Tony, me, uh, Julianne, and then we get one other. You know, the drummer, and it, so it, but it worked. It worked really well. It was fantastic. You know. So it was just a matter of just um, progressing with what you've done before, you know. But it won't it won't super successful. It was just like it was just like something we had to do, you know. And it was just, but it was enjoyable, you know, on a personal level. It was fantastic. It was great. Yes, but, but on a, a financial level. Uh, I need to look at their bank balance. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, it's just a matter of, you know, doing what you can do. I, I don't, you know, just like, we, you know, we, we knew, it's like when me, Marty and Julian went out doing a, that Ferry Night, fairy Light Nights thing. Yes. That was, that was great because it was so uh, insular. We could do it all ourselves, you know. We didn't have to rely on anybody, you know. Marty dealt with all the money, you know. We, you know, I dealt. I was driving. I was driving a, a, a four by four, and we and Julian were just doing a Julian thing, and it worked. It just worked so well, and it was just like it's just one of them things. You, I think sometimes, and well, I hate. COVID 19, but you have to adapt to your situation. And that's what all about Eve and the mission and bands are like You know, all the people that I know, like the Fields and Ethelin, you know, all them guys. <coughs> yeah. That, that, that's, we all adapt. We all adapt. You know, it's just, it's just what you have to do, unfortunately. It's shit don't get me wrong it's,
0: uh... yeah and did it feel was there I mean without it sounding really corny was there sort of any feeling of kind of um, god this sounds very corny actually kind of new agey did it feel kind of any healing kind of emotional feeling of oh this is quite nice to sort of get back with working with Julianne again or seeing Wayne again after the, you know some ups and downs and some sort of you know I suppose some slightly emotionally charged moments
1: I think I think that um no, because I, I always, uh, myself, I look to the future, you know, and I'm looking forward to what's going to go on next. You know, of course, coronavi- coronavirus has fucked everything up, but I just looked at, at timescales, yeah. you know, and I, I think if we can get through to 2021, you know, half, midway through, then that's what I'm focusing on. So I don't focus on. uh, Yeah, I tried. I tried it on with Julian. It didn't work. You know, the mission thing is like, you know, if uh, I don't know what's going to happen with regarding that, because Wayne's in in Sao Paulo. You know, so that's a difficult one. Um, So I just think that you know, I've got a couple of projects going, and it's it sounds fantastic. So I'm excited.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's amazing. I mean, you're um, so with your, you know, just because it's kind of hard to, to, um, to take get it out of my mind, your moment when you saw Wayne doing, because he'd done the book, Andy, a couple of years ago, or about 12 months, 18 months ago. Yeah. So did you, um, yeah, so sort of seeing him sort of coming back and, and the experience of seeing him doing his reading. I mean, do, do, do you sort of just enjoy that kind of banter with each other?
1: It's really hard because you know my my idea of when I talk to people is I need eye to eye contact. If I don't get that, then I'm not bothered about this book. I'll read it, you know, but I'm not. Like, it's not on my agenda, really. It's like you know, if he wants to come and talk to me, come and talk to me. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, but things like reading his book and like, because this last book, uh, the one before, I, I'm in it, aren't I? I yes. Don't know. Yeah, and I, I just like, but I told it a load of lies. That's what I did. You know, I just like, you know, I skated around all the all the stuff that went on, you know, but but I do, I, you know, I can't say that I don't miss Wayne, I do, you know, I do miss him. I miss Julian, but but I do feel like, you know, you know, the projects that I'm doing at the moment are so cool. It sounds a bit like all about Eve, yes. 2020 Twenty 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 version of, you know, and it's just, uh, I don't know. I think sometimes you've got to put the past behind you, yeah, and just move on. But I do, yeah. Of course, I feel so much affection. For all about Eve and the mission, you know more the mission to tell you the truth. You know, I do.
0: Yeah, and what and was so, it like? I was going to say, what was it like doing this project? The um, with Tim Palmer producing the uh, single that they brought out. Was it remission? Remission?
1: Yeah, it, I love it. I love it. I love the song. Um. I've done a few things. There's a, a band called uh, Beauty and Chaos, and I've done stuff for them as well. Yes. Um, well, I, you know, you, you, I, I, I think sometimes you've got to focus on what you're doing yourself. And with uh, this stuff I'm doing at the moment, I'm excited about it. So I'm going to do that. If it don't work out, I don't care. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do a radio show like you. Absolutely.
0: I mean, if you could, just in like 60 seconds, if you could have said something to you, your 18-year-old self, I mean, what would it be, by the way?
1: My saying
0: So if you could say something to, say, your 18-year-old self, you know, who was starting out in music, knowing what you know now, you know, and you could have whispered something back to them in 19, whenever you were that, you know, like 1981, I suppose. What would it, you know, from what you've learned over the decades, what would it be
1: i would say something like you know in my in my uh, soul you know my 18 year old self i'd say don't enter the music industry but within my heart i would say that you've got to do it cuz you've got to follow your soul yes. you've got you've got to do it you, there's no There's no fucking around here, you know. If you've got a passion and love for anything that you do, and I'm not talking about music, I don't care, you know. It could be anything. You've got to follow it. Follow your dreams. Always follow your dreams. You may fuck up, you know. We all all mess up. It's not a, a big deal. But as long as you can drag yourself up, you know, then you'll be fine, you know. So about music, look, my, uh, you know, it's just David. It's just, I love music. It's a passion. It's a love. You know, and I can't escape it. It's like get, you know, get out of jail. Come on, <laughs> bring it on, pal. Yeah. You know, and that's so. That's what I think. That you know, you say to me, you ask me a question. Of, you know, if I was 18 again, what I would do, I would do exactly what I've done because I can't escape this terrible prison that I'm in. And that's (laughs) the love of music.
0: God, it's kind of deep, isn't it? Well, look, Andy, I better let you go. But thank you ever so much for this. This has been amazing.
1: Okay, dude. Well, look, have a great evening and
0: take care of yourself. You too. I'm
1: all right. Yeah.
0: Let's keep smiling. Yeah. Okay,
1: t- t- 21. Well. Okay. Good luck. See ya. Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: There you go. How to end an interview. How to say goodbye. I'm so sharp and tight. Anyway, look, this is, uh, that's Andy Cousins from All About Eve, The Mission, and lots of other bands, as you probably just gathered from that interview. If you're still listening, well done if you are, and, um, I don't blame you if you're not. Anyway, if you want to contact me, David Eastall, C86 Show, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just do C86 Show. And um, that's all very good. Keep it positive, otherwise don't bother. And um, yes, and I've interviewed and uh, archived lots of other bands. You can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, just do C86 Show. It's all there. It's all good. Anyway, thank you for listening. Goodbye.